This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. From Decrypt.co, this is Matthew Aaron. Today on the show, Shill Metal Jacket, who are the Link Marines? Joe Biden's vice president nominee, Kamala Harris, is she crypto-friendly? What are some alternatives to the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store? And the sudden rise of the Ethereum-based social tokens, coming up on the Decrypt Daily. Good morning, everybody. It's Wednesday, October 12, 2020, and Joe Biden picked his running mate, Kamala Harris. I don't know if anybody who's listening to this outside the United States even cares, but it's kind of a big deal here. We've been waiting for a long time to figure out who he was going to pick because this kind of set the tone because, you know, Joe, he is old. (laughs) He's going to be the oldest president ever elected if he is elected. And that is very risky. And if you want to manage your risk, then you have to have a good running mate because you never know. You never know. And just this morning, it also came to my knowledge that in Kamala Harris's VP team is a very crypto friendly person. And we're going to talk about that with our good buddy, Matthew DeSalvo, after we go into the crypto prices. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. And I'm recording this at 11 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we are pretty much even across the board, except for one crazy situation that's happening over there with Chainlink. Bitcoin is sitting at $11,600, pretty much the same as yesterday, only $1.26 difference. Ethereum at $389.40, up 1% from yesterday. Litecoin, $55.42, down 0.6% from yesterday. Chainlink, $15.73, up 27% from yesterday. What the hell? And XRP down 0.8% at 28.9 cents. It looks as though Chainlink is taking all of the air out of the room and everybody's rushing into Chainlink. Did we hit a top five coin for Chainlink? Yes, we did. Chainlink popped into the top five. Top five is now Bitcoin, Ethereum, XRP, Tether, and Chainlink. Litecoin's in at number eight, Cardano nine, Tezos 10. And our total market cap for all cryptocurrencies is $358 billion. Like I said, in our first story today, we're going to head over to Matthew DeSalvo, who is reporting from Colombia, and he is going to tell us about Kamala Harris's VP team. Matthew, welcome back to the show, man. Thanks for having me on again. Always, man. Always. You know, there's just something about a British accent that makes this show sound so much smarter. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. Caught my eye again. You know, the big news all over the mainstream media is Joe Biden's VP pick, Kamala Harris. Uh, an interesting aspect and, a, you know, kind of something that probably not many people outside the crypto space is going to pick up on is that part of her team is somebody named Ryan Montoya, who was the former CTO of the Sacramento Kings. And they are very crypto or Bitcoin friendly. Is this correct? Can you tell me a little bit about this? Yeah, that is right. Yeah. Um, let me just set the record straight first. Um, I don't think Kamala Harris has ever really spoken about crypto or ever said anything too meaningful about crypto. Same with Joe Biden. He has been kind of quiet on the topic of cryptocurrencies. But Kamala's VP team was um, announced yesterday. And yeah, she's employing a guy who is 
very crypto friendly. This is a guy who was um, who was a technology officer at the Sacramento Kings. Sacramento Kings, the basketball team, are certainly one of the most technology friendly teams there are out there, um, and uh, definitely crypto friendly. They were accepting Bitcoin back in 2014. And I think that was uh, a lot of um, the, the crypto-friendly stuff they've done since then has been thanks to this guy, Ryan Montoya. If I'm not mistaken, uh, the Sacramento Kings also started like their own token or cryptocurrency mining pool. Is that correct as well, back in 2018? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, last year they announced the blockchain-based token for their fans. They also auctioned off uh, game-worn jerseys on the Ethereum blockchain. This team has been doing things that um, other basketball teams just haven't haven't been doing um so it proves that you know whoever's behind uh, the technology side of things for the team is 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 pretty switched on when it comes to like these people being crypto friendly or more innovative let's not even talk about crypto just innovative forward thinking in general and i know that you, you i mean you're from the uk uh, i don't expect you to know about american politics but we can juxtapose it with any government around the world what do you think that this says for a government or a leader or whoever to be put into a position to um, be able to forward-lookingly, is that a word? Forward-lookingly change the technological landscape of a country, even if you drop them into uh, Boris Johnson's administration. Mm -hmm. You know, having these kinds of people is is a good thing, because if there's one thing we've learned so far, it's that most governments around the world are pretty, um, certainly a lot of governments around the world don't know what they're talking about when it comes to crypto. Um, It's still confusing. They're still just not really getting their act together when it comes to law. Things aren't too clear. And yeah, to have someone um, on side who who knows his stuff or her stuff and isn't just going to say, you know, isn't just going to go with the narrative that, yeah, cryptocurrency and this technology is is only useful for criminals is, yeah, I think a good thing. Do you think that this is a win for the crypto space to have these kind of people in administrations? I mean, we have seen other people in Congress or places of power that didn't act in, our, in I think, in the crypto space's best interest and probably their own best interest. Also, is this really a win when we actually could be looking at other people like John McAfee or Brock Pierce for president who are a lot more crypto friendly? I mean, does this deserve the vote of the crypto space? Yeah, I'm not sure. I think you can only just really wait and see. I mean, I don't think um, someone like Kamala Harris is going to be like, yeah, that's just um, have everything. She's not a, a hoddle bro. Is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> but saying that, I think, you know, she's uh, the fact that she's got this guy on her team is, is probably a more positive thing than, you know, Donald Trump saying, I don't believe in Bitcoin. Hopefully, I mean, I'm not, my hopes aren't too high, but um, hopefully um, this, this will knock some sense into the Biden administration if, if they get into power. Wonderful. Thanks, Matthew, for coming back on the show. Thanks for having me. A couple of days ago, I reported on TikTok and WeChat being banned in the United States. And I reached out to some people because I really wanted to know what are some alternatives to the Apple Store and the Google Play Store. It doesn't matter if we want decentralization, if we want freedom, if we want, you know, uh, liberty when it comes to what we use and how we consume information and the apps we use. If anybody can ban apps and a very easy way to do that is ban their on-ramp, kind of like cryptocurrency. If you ban Coinbase and Gemini and Binance.us, you're banning the on-ramps from our USD to cryptocurrency. So then how do we exchange our US dollars for cryptocurrency? We're going to have to go back to like local Bitcoins, which is decentralized, which is outside of the government's ban or a centralized control ban. So what options do we have for WeChat and TikTok? Today, we're talking to Chris Troutner to try to figure that out.
Chris, how you doing, man? Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on, Matt. Look, I ran an article the other day about TikTok and WeChat being banned. And one of the biggest things, one of the biggest concerns is not only that you're banning this, is that you're allowing the centralized services to tell you how and what apps you can use, how to use them. And they're basically the on-ramps of people trying to find tools to either enjoy life, to social network with people, to work. Now we're finding that companies can ban these things. One, can you tell me a little bit about that situation? And can you tell me if there's any options that we can fight against that banning of our apps, our favorite apps? The the thing is, is the, the app stores, the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store, these were always designed to be walled gardens from day one. And so it amazes me how frequently people are taken by surprise when their apps get banned from the app store. Working in the cryptocurrency space, I see it happen all the time. And it's not even like a human deciding to ban it. It's just an algorithm picking up on a couple keywords and, and banning an app. And even apps that have been in the store for years will, you know, they'll push an update and they'll suddenly get banned because an algorithm all of a sudden decided they didn't like them. And then it's a it's a huge process to petition and and get uh, and get your app uh, unbanned. And uh, so I've always taken the stance of it's better to build web applications rather than native phone applications. So, like for in- instance, I've been working on wallet.fullstack.cash, which is a Bitcoin Cash wallet. And because it's a web app and not a native app, I don't have to worry about those walled gardens and being banned. And so anybody who's concerned with, uh, you know, having a, a, an encrypted communication tool, this is something you should worry about because as the governments crack down on encryption, their lowest hanging fruit, the easiest target for them to, to shoot for are these app stores. So anything that's in an app store can be removed like that. I personally am not surprised with this. I think that it uh, comes to a different level when it comes to from the president of the United States saying, look. We don't know about these apps. We don't know about the relationship it has with certain governments. And, and now they're asking, you know, certain uh, stores to ban them or or take them out of their the app stores. That seems to go to a whole different level. So if people like, so let's just say TikTok, and they want to keep putting their dance moves online and on this app, where where could they find an app like this? So when somebody wants to develop an app that works on your phone, do you just say go to web apps, or is there a different mode of hosting these? applications. Yeah, it's really a different paradigm. What what the App Store did is when they, when they were created this concept of an App Store is they they lowered the barrier of entry. They create created a platform where everyone can go to get the the apps they need like TikTok to, you know, to entertain themselves. And so it's a convenience thing. That's that's the shift in mentality that needs to take place is well, yeah, that's convenient, but it, it's also a, a gaping security hole. So so you said gaping security hole, but did you really mean gaping civil liberties hole there? Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, because when I when you said security, I'm thinking backdoor, I'm thinking uh, foreign government, I'm thinking spying, I'm thinking uh, malware, things like that. But you meant civil, civil liberties, correct? Well, it's both, really. I mean, from, from an individual standpoint, yes, you would be concerned about your civil liberties. But when you get this app from the App Store, it can contain all sorts of stuff and you wouldn't know about it. And I think that's the concern that, say, you know, Trump was saying about TikTok or any of these Chinese-based apps is you don't know what's in the app or what kind of spying it do. And so that's, again, like in the in the article that we were talking about, uh, I, I pointed out that you need open source, you need end-to-end encryption, 
and you need um, you know web apps or decentralized web apps, I should say. And you really need all three, and it's the open source component that makes sure that it's not a security issue and it's not a civil liberties issue. So best case scenario, open source on GitHub or a web-based app. You, when you look at these apps and you're thinking about what communication channel should I use, those are the metrics you should use to gauge uh, between your options. Wonderful. Chris, thank you very much for coming on the show. Cheers. Thanks for having me. Chainlink is pumping, pumping like crazy. Top five coin. Who thought that this could happen? I wish I thought this could happen because I would have taken the advice of a lot of people saying, look at Chainlink, look at Chainlink. Well, there's an army of people supporting Chainlink and shilling Chainlink. According to Decrypt's special correspondent, Ben Munster, Shill Metal Jacket, who are the Link Marines? Ben, welcome to the show. How you doing? Hey, man. So you wrote this article, Shill Metal Jacket, who are the Link Marines? And Link Chainlink is just going crazy right now. And I really want to know what's going on. Can you tell me, who are the Link Marines? Who are the Link Marines? That's a fine question. They're a ragtag bunch of um, very weird, probably quite lonely um, crypto investors who really want the price of Chainlink to go up. And it's working. And I suppose they, um, they use various guerrilla tactics to achieve their goal they do a thing called well i don't know if they call it brigading but it's, it's an old it's an old twitter strategy where basically if i get into an argument with a chain link person who's high ranking or even low ranking they will tag all their friends in the comments and then everyone will jump on me this was used by famously by the xrp army previously these are the people who like the cryptocurrency xrp which is going down the shitter right now distinguish themselves as being more polite more disciplined than the um xrp army and they talk about it's all about research so to an extent that's true also to an extent you know they do harass quite a lot of people including me back in the day not anymore they liked this last article they're all over apparently i wasn't critical enough but there you go you said that they used xrp strategies and now adopted them for Chainlink. i don't know if they used them per se it's not like they actively sought out those strategies i think it's a natural thing it's, it's the kind of thing that emerges organically when you're a giant twitter based like investment cult you know what i mean i mean obviously you want the price to go up so what is inherently wrong with having a group of people go onto twitter and say hey let's try to shill our coin because we want the price of Chainlink to go up fine thing and i respect them unapologetic <laughs> morally compromised and i and i and i get a lot of i get a kick out of that they are unapologetically morally compromised what do you mean yeah two adverbs in well, you know, there's clearly a massive conflict of interest there, which is where it's hard to reconcile this sort of research-based approach with their goals, which are ultimately to make money. I, res <laughs> I guess I just respect them for just brazenly going out and trying to do that. But, then, you know, no, no, but then even, even Chainlink God himself, not quite a five-star general. I think he's more of a brigadier general. He's secondary, obviously, to the... Uh, the general himself, which is Sergei Nazarov, he, he even admits that like, it's for the money. But also, that, yeah, there's this sort of veneer of like, yeah, you know, we, the money's important, but we're in it for the technology. But I guess what I say I respect is that they're more transparent about what they really want, while also genuinely doing some quite impressive research. The guy spent a month writing like a half an hour long read on uh, Chainlink through 2020 or something. Well, I was around for the ICO uh, craze, and I heard it's about the technology. It's not about the money many, many times. Is this the point where you tell me you're actually a Link Marine yourself? 
Oh, my man, if I, I take no sides, bro. I am podcaster and I just want to get to the bottom of everything that's in the crypto space. One thing I do want to get into the bottom of in the crypto space is the Zeus thing. What is Zeus Capital and why do I keep seeing them buying ads dissing Chainlink? From the scanned research I've done, um, Zeus Capital is a um, it's a fund borrowing a lot of um, link tokens with the purpose of eventually shorting them. They also wrote a really, really big report, like an invest, you know, like an investment um, pitch deck sort of thing, explaining their investment strategy, saying that Link is going to go to zero because it's flawed in X and X and X and way, such and such a way. It's crypto's wire card. Not only is it flawed, it's also a fraud. And obviously the Marines, they didn't like this. The long story short for both of these two entities is the Link Marines are trying to show the price to make money because the price go up, we make money. And Zeus Capital is trying to short them by flooding basically the market to short Chainlink because they're pulling out ads and writing dissertations against Chainlink. So everybody's here to make right, money. It's, it's, it's what in crypto jargon would be described as a FUD campaign, fear, uncertainty and doubt. So they're trying to basically pick holes in this investment so that more people go onto their side and short it so that their own investment thesis becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy and it does go to zero and they profit. Whether or not they're acting in good faith, as in whether or not premises on which they've based their argument are sound and whether they would change their argument if there were to be a better argument posed to them is up for debate. The Link Marines obviously say that they're full of shit, but then they would say that. So Zeus Capital say that you know they're fully legit. But then they also would say that. So it's really a battle between two sides. <laughs> Sorry, that's, that's probably the least insightful comment I could have made at that point. But, <laughs> ben, I want to say thank you very much for coming on the show and explaining all this to us. It was, it was an enormous pleasure. And um, I look forward to my next appearance. Trading on Uniswap spiked on August 10th, climbing to $193 million dollars up 64% from the previous day, which was $117 million. An interesting movement is personal tokens on the blockchain. Trading for, say, dollar sign Alex or dollar sign Kerman, representing the makers of these coins, Alex Masmej and Kerman Kohli, have boomed over the past couple weeks. The token Kerman actually had a market cap of $1.7 million with a token price of 17 cents. And it was recording 24 hour gains of 37%. Other tokens like Alex, which he named an IAO or initial Alex offering, also saw big increases. Now you can use these tokens to basically vote of how they should live their life. For example, Alex was forced to run five kilometers a day. Also, you can exchange his tokens for his consulting work. It's gonna be interesting to see if this all falls under the SEC and how these are looked at. We're gonna have to see how this pulls out and if there is actually an even larger bubble of individual tokens. Hmm, now I'm thinking about a Matthew Aaron token. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew, and don't forget to follow me on Twitter at The Decrypt Daily. But more so, I would love if you go over to iTunes, leave us a five-star rating and a comment, and share this episode. Again, if you want people to find this, the more ratings, the more comments, is the better for SEO when it comes to iTunes and for Google. And, well, without your support, I won't be found. So if you do like these shows, if you do like the content, please help me by rating and commenting. Happy hodling, and I will see you tomorrow.